This is Barry Zelma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zelma on Insurance. Today we're going to speak about why there is usually no defense available for an assault and battery in a bar, and why a clear and unambiguous exclusion must be enforced. An insurer sought declaratory judgment that it need not defend or indemnify defendant TFSNY against a personal injury lawsuit pending in the New York Supreme Court of Kings County. In Clear Blue Specialty Insurance Company v. TFSNY, Inc., a uh, September 6, 2023 decision of the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York, the dispute was resolved. The defendant owned and operated a nightclub. Between April of 2019 and April of 2020, the plaintiff insured the defendant under a commercial general liability insurance contract. Like any other insurance policy, this contract had exclusions. At issue in the case was the scope of the sublimited assault and battery endorsement and a third-party or contractual security exclusion specifically, whether these provisions require the plaintiff to defend and indemnify the defendant against a lawsuit pending in New York State Court. The parties agreed that the insurance policy was in effect when the incident took place and that Mr. Simmons' lawsuit triggered the plaintiff's duty to defend under the sublimited assault or battery endorsement because the lawsuit included negligence claims. They also agreed that Castillo was an outside security company as defined by the insurance policy. The policy provided, in part, quote, we have no duty to defend any insured against any claims or suits seeking damages for bodily injury, property damage, or injury in regard to matters covered by the exclusion, that is, outside security services, and we have no duty to pay damages in regard to the matters covered by this exclusion, close quote. The plaintiff argued that it had no duty to defend or indemnify against Mr. Simmons' lawsuit because it disclaimed liability over any suit involving operations of any third-party or contracted security services provider. While the defendant agreed that the plaintiff is not liable for claims involving Castillo and does not have to indemnify the defendant for them, it nevertheless contended that the plaintiff must defend the entire action because the lawsuit includes claims against the defendant and its employees who are covered by the policy. The duty to defend under New York law is contractual in nature. Accordingly, there is no duty to defend where the alleged basis for liability is not within the coverage of the policy. The defendant contended that the plaintiff insurer owed a duty to defend because the exclusion is silent as to whether insurance would apply to separate and distinct claims of assault and battery that are made against the defendant and its employees. 
However, the plain language of the exclusion, which states repeatedly that it does not apply to any suit directly or indirectly based on, attributable to, arising out of, involving, resulting from, or in any way related to the acts, omissions, or operations of any third party or contracted, contracted security services provider. Mr. Simmons' complaint alleged that he was assaulted and sustained serious and severe injuries as a direct consequence and result of the acts of all the defendants. Mr. Simmons' suit, therefore, involved a contracted security services provider and fell within the exclusion. The complaint alleges that the altercation was the product of joint action of the defendant, its employees, and Castillo, each of which is included in every cause of action. The plaintiff, therefore, had no duty to defend. Finally, even if there is no duty to defend on the facts alleged, in Mr. Simmons' complaint there might still be a duty to indemnify the defendant if the state court dismisses the claims against Castillo or if the jury decides that the defendant's employees were the only ones involved in Mr. Simmons' assault. But at this time, the exclusion must be enforced, and the plaintiff has no duty to defend. Developments in Mr. Simmons' lawsuit may trigger a duty to indemnify. If that happens... The defendant may move the court to reopen the case. However, since the underlying suit is at the pleading stage, the plaintiff's motion for summary judgment was granted as there is no duty to defend. The defendant may move to reopen on the issue of indemnification if the state court determines that Castillo played no part in Mr. Simmons' assault. In my opinion, clear and unambiguous language in an exclusion will always be enforced. Since the suit alleged that the security service was involved in his assault, his battery and injury, the exclusion applied, and there was no duty to defend. Since little evidence exists for the USDC to rule upon it, left open the possibility, albeit very slim, that there might be a duty to indemnify, a Solomon-like decision that will not require the death of a baby nor the defense of the security company or the bar. This video was adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zalma.com slash blog. And you can subscribe to the blog by clicking on the link in the blog post and that will get you notice of every blog post, usually five, sometimes six a week, and also access to the more than 4,600 blog posts. If you found this video and or blog post to be useful, please tell your friends and colleagues about the blog and the videos and let them also subscribe to the free blog and the free videos. If you're interested in obtaining information about detailed insurance law, insurance claims, insurance fraud, uh, and insurance coverage, 
consider subscribing at a very low fee to my excellence in claims handling at locals.com or to my Substack publications. Thank you for your attention.